Today we have uh, the former cricket correspondent extraordinaire from uh, Crickinfo, Siddhartha Vaitanathan. We'll be talking about the uh, India's tour of Australia and the general direction forward for the team. Uh, welcome to the show, Sid. Thanks. Thanks, Subhash. Uh, thanks for having me. Good to be back again. Yeah, it's great, man. You, you are the one that got, got uh, the whole thing started, so it's great. Um, first question. Uh, would you agree that the squad that was sent to Australia for the test series um, was the best set of players we could have sent. Um, and also the playing level at uh, MCG, they selected, you know, picked themselves basically. Would you agree to that? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I'm, I don't think there was, I'm not in any um, sort of uh, doubt at all that that was the best team we sent to Australia. Uh, we had a very tough series in England because of a uh, number of players being out because of injury, number of crucial players. And I think uh, the plan, at least as what it seemed to an outsider from a distance uh, who is not in the uh, whole uh, covering of the team, but from somebody who was observing the team from a distance, seemed that you know, the plan was to get all these players fit for Australia and try and uh, go for it uh, all out. And uh, everyone, I mean, Seva, Gambhir, Zahid Khan, everyone who was having uh, injury problems seemed fit. So I think, yes, uh, both the uh, squad as well as the first test in Melbourne, I think it was on predictable lines. The issue, you know, which we can talk about is what happened through the course of the series. Because once the results don't go your way, you expect at least some sort of changes. Yeah, so let's start with uh, that. Uh, first, from your perspective, and then what the team could have done. So, as you followed the series, you know, uh, it went from bad to worse in a hurry. Um, mm-hmm. What did you go through personally? Uh, what was the dominant thought in your mind? Uh, was, it, was there any frustration, anger, sadness, disbelief, uh, or a combination of any of these? Well, I think we actually started pretty well. I mean, historically... Uh, India have started away series poorly and they usually end up losing the first test really badly and then they need to pick themselves up and then end up fighting back uh, to the second test. So actually in Melbourne I actually was uh, I think there were a lot of positives to be taken out of it and uh, we ne- we competed for a considerable post- portion of the test match. So I think uh, you know uh, people like Umesh and Ishant, the, the, uh, Zahir, the way they all bowled, and even you know so, uh, there was a bit of uh, spark even from um, Sehwag and uh, when he batted and Ravid. I think overall, uh, it I was actually quite heartened by Melbourne. I thought once they go to Sydney, which is historically a very has been a very good venue for India, I thought uh, you know they will uh, take it one step uh, further and probably go and win on win the Test match. Instead, they took uh, three or four steps back and. The strange bit was, for me, was more the second test because usually India do much better in the second test than they've done in the first. What What was your reaction? That's what I mean. Uh, you know, in Melbourne we competed, but then Sydney, lack of a better word, we capitulated. Um, and then Perth and then Adelaide. So what was 
your sins. Uh, how are you making sense of the whole thing as it was unfolding? Well, I just think that I was I was very surprised that uh, there was no attempt to do something different, to think out of the box. And if, I mean, these are little small things. I mean, I, I don't want to make it uh, too jargony, but they're little things that people can do. If you look at the last 10 years, Ganguly, Dravid, uh, Dhoni, um, I mean, I mean, I'm not sure about Dhoni, but Ganguly, Dravid, definitely. Through the, whenever they were in trouble, the first thing, I mean, uh, the, there would be an attempt to send Lakshman in at three. And, of course, Lakshman uh, has had a great run at three in the past, and he's produced some of his best knocks in the past at three. In fact, in Sydney, last time around, he batted at three when um, India actually fought back into that series. So I was quite surprised that a man who is, of course, struggling with form and all that is fine, but, you know, you would, I thought that would be one change they would try and do. They would also, I thought, as the series went along, maybe not, if not in Sydney, then maybe in Perth at least, or in Adelaide, I thought they would give a, another young batsman like Rohit Sharma a chance. Then uh, I was very surprised that uh, someone like uh, Pragya Noja wasn't given a game because traditionally... You know, he's uh, spinners are strength, and he was uh, he's a pretty good spinner. He's, he has a good record. And once they saw that uh, Ishant and Ishant wasn't doing that well and not getting enough wickets, I thought that was another no-brainer. From my point of view, we did not uh, realize what our strengths were and play according to them. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Oja never got a sniff, mm-hmm. but Vinay Kumar, who is you know, who's not going to set uh, the world on fire with his pace or anything? Uh, mm-hmm. He was brought on at Perth. Um, mm-hmm. And in Adelaide, which screamed of you know, playing two spinners, we still went with three plus one. But, however, to be fair, they gave Kohli an extended run and he had a chance to come good. So, you know, uh, what do you attribute this stagnation of uh, thought to? You know, a captain, coach, senior, senior members in the squad? Like, Well, I don't know. I mean, it's... Strange that uh, the, uh, there was a time when Dhoni used to always believe in playing the best team, irrespective of the conditions. He would, I think he even mentioned once in an interview, I, I, I don't remember when, but he said that he believes in playing the best team. And that seems to that theory seems to have gone out of the window at some point of time. Of course, there's uh, uh, the question of the coach, and he, uh, he has been appointed uh, quite recently, but of course, he's not had a great start. He's had a very poor start, especially abroad. And and uh, there's a question of what he's bringing to the team. There's been very little analysis of what he's bringing, but whatever little analysis has been, it seems that um, there is a sense of stagnation and complacency uh, that has built up. I mean, of course, again, I'm not uh, speaking authoritatively here. I'm talking of someone who is gathering information from bits and pieces from everywhere. Um, in terms of uh, why they're not, I mean, I, I, I'm, but mostly what's surprising me is that there's been, there was no change, even, not even forget the team. Okay, fine. They, they thought they would stick with the personnel. They thought that, uh, you know, they will uh, give them more chances and all. All that is fine. What is surprising is that even the approach stayed the same. The batsmen continued to make the same mistakes. They got mm-hmm. out to the, in the same ways. And there was, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed that um, there was no... Uh, analysis and reflection on what happened and there was no attempt to change it. Uh, there are two questions from uh, listeners of the show to you mm-hmm. uh, since we were talking about coach. Uh, Tifosi guy, he wants to know, does Fletcher deserve a longer rope uh, and should he be booted at the end of Australia tour and follow-up question uh, along the same lines is from Forum G15, he wants to know uh, if you're going to put him out, who's be a better option uh, as coach? Well, I don't 
No, I mean, I, I definitely think there's a case to be made that he needs a bit more time. Of course, it uh, also depends on what he was brought in for, because when you bring in a coach, you bring in bring him in for a particular reason. I mean, Greg Chappell came in with the specific intention of trying to win India the 2007 World Cup. Of course, there were a lot of other things that he was also brought in for, but there was one sort of end goal. And when Gary Kirsten came in, it was pretty clear that, that this World Cup was, the 2011 World Cup was a big priority. Uh, but now, I don't know, when Fletcher came in, it just seemed that one of the priorities for Fletcher was to uh, preside over the transition. Mm -hmm. So now, if that is one of the priorities, then he has to be given the sort of new players to work with, right? I mean, if, if he's just going to be working with the uh, senior players, mm -hmm. then his, his whole uh, approach towards the transition is not going to have the same effect. So what I'm saying is, I think there needs to be a bit more clarity on what Fletcher is here for. Is he here to win us the 2015 World Cup? I don't think so. Is he here to, um, was he here to keep us as the number one test side? Maybe, but I think more importantly, he was here to get the whole transition going. And I don't know how clear that has been in terms of uh, the selectors and the board and the seniors and him and whether they've actually sorted it out. So I think they can start by trying to find a sort of end goal for him and a vision for him. Um, so that brings us another question uh, from uh, Bagrat15. Um, you know, when will we actually start investing in our future? Yeah, I think it's already a bit late. I mean, they, if at all, uh, the investment uh, should have ideally started at uh, Perth. And even if they thought that they had a chance to square the series, some sort of investment should have started at Adelaide. Now, there is a point of view, of course, that says that, you know, if they had played... Uh, some uh, youngsters in um, Adelaide, if they then, you know, if they had played Rohit in Adelaide, maybe his confidence would have taken a beating if he had got out to low scores and all that. That's fair enough. I mean, that's a point of view. But I think, you know, now, give, if you look at the uh, future, the India's uh, future series that are coming up, I think, uh, you know, the next major challenge abroad is, I mean, the uh, next major challenge outside the subcontinent is in South Africa in 2013. Mm -hmm. which is a long time, an end of 2013, so which gives us nearly two years to try and build a team that can not only win at home, but also compete abroad. Now, I say compete abroad because in the last two series, we haven't even competed abroad. I mean, of course, people are talking about England losing to Pakistan, but I think England in phases have competed. Mm -hmm. They've uh, bowled, uh, you know, they got Pakistan all out in this match in the first innings for 99. And how many times can we say that about an Indian team in the whole year, you know? So all I'm saying is that I think two years is a good time, but at the same time, it's not a, you know, it's not like we can just keep sitting and waiting. We need to start it now, and which is why it's very important that at the end of the tour, the selectors, uh, the coach, uh, the captain and the uh, seniors and everyone else, I mean, that they have a plan for all this. Because, again, at the same time, I don't expect the seniors to, you know, suddenly say they, they're going. It'll be great, of course. And uh, every selector looks forward to a senior player saying goodbye. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think there is any selector who likes to drop uh, senior players. But if the hard call has to be taken, it, it just must. And if they feel that um, Dravid, Lakshman, Tendulkar are not going to be in the... and are going to hinder the development of a younger player for the next two years, then, you know, the, a message must be sent across. Fair. Um, that brings us... Um, in terms of uh, retirements of these uh, seniors, you know, I, I understand it's not fair to put that burden 
to make the call on the players, you know. Uh, but there are two questions, one from Atlas Danced and another one from Shoaib Naveed. You think, in your opinion, uh, was Dravid slash VVS not right in announcing the retirement? And Atlas Danced's question is more in terms of, uh, you know, what they have done for Indian cricket. Do they deserve a much more honorable uh, exit rather than, you know, as you mentioned, if you had brought in a younger player in Perth, that means one of these guys were to be dropped. Um, so do they deserve an honorable exit where before the start of a series they are told, you know, uh, this is your last series, this is, you know, similar to what uh, Steve had, and then, uh, you know, say tada bye bye at the end of it? Well, I mean, I I don't, is that, it's difficult. See, first of all, I don't expect um, uh, to any of the uh, these players to, especially given the current state of the uh, cricketing economy and the kind of uh, uh, money that's doing the rounds, I really don't expect any of them to suddenly one uh, fine day say, "I'm going goodbye," because it's hard. It's very hard. It's uh, there's a lot to be a lot of uh, uh, advantages for them if they continue, and even if they uh, continue. Uh, in the team and if there is a chance that they may come back. That's the thing with batsmen as well. See, look at Ricky Ponting. For the last two years, he had a very, he had a lean trot. He didn't have, a, he didn't get a hundred. But then he got one good innings and he had things going for him in um, uh, this series and then things just shot up. Now he's, you know, he's had such a wonderful series and he can probably look forward to another two years of cricket. And who knows? I mean, there is no guarantee that, I mean, these players are of such high quality that there is no guarantee that a Dravid or Lakshman will not have one good innings and then his whole uh, season will look up. I mean, Dravid, of course, has a, had a wonderful 2011. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason why, um, you know, he should uh, not have another great year. So that's the thing with batsmen. I think with bowlers, it's probably easier to drop them because when you have a really poor series over four tests, if you take very few wickets, if you get hit all around the park, if you're, you know, if you, you, you're so exposed because your whole day you're spending on mm-hmm. the field and you're just exposed. But a batsman, he just one mistake, and then he's off. So he's not in the public eye, you know. So you always give him that benefit of the doubt. Like everything else in cricket, <laughs> you give the batsman a benefit of the doubt even when it comes to this. So I don't know. And again, when it comes to, um, you know, uh, giving them an honorable farewell, I mean, these are things that are debatable. What is an honorable farewell? I mean, do you put players ahead of the team? Do you say that, uh, you know... This uh, one series will be your last, and then what if these players suddenly do really well? What uh, will you What will you tell them then? So I think it's it's this honourable farewell is something that I'm not too comfortable with. Of course, they're great players, and it would be great if they end on a high and go out. But I think at the end of the day, they, you have to tell them that the team. This is the vision for the team. This is what we think. This is your performance, and it's time. I mean, if they if they can get the la, a la, uh, final series and if they can go out on a high, it's all great. But I don't know how feasible all that is. So, if you were a selector right now, mm-hmm. um, and you see that there are players like, uh, say, Rohit Sharma, uh, Cheteshwar Pujara lined up for uh, your middle order mm-hmm. uh, as replacements, mm-hmm. so would you take the call and say, you know, uh, I know, Dravid, you had a great, season um, tour to England mm-hmm. and you were the only performing batsman there but you had um, a tough tour of Australia and you kept making the same mistakes um, and I think it's time uh, we looked ahead and uh, bring in the younger younger ones. Well yeah I mean it depends on what the, what the vision is. If the selectors feel that you know this team has done so badly they've lost 4-0 in England, 4-0 in Australia let's sort of... Uh... No, no, no. You, if you were the selector. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a selector, I would, I would definitely like to speak to uh, the coach, the board, the players and all that about my vision. And I would say, if I were the chairman of selectors, I would like to find out all their opinion. Now, if the general uh, consensus from all these uh, important people is that they want, uh, uh, you know, they, they think that they want to uh, 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 an entire revamp. Then fair enough and bring in blood all these new players, tell these old players that thanks for your services, let's move on. Of course, but then if there is also a situation when you're planning, when you're having this sort of planned transition, which seems to be the case where few people are suggesting, you know, that you should phase out these seniors in a little more um, gradual manner. Mm-hmm. Then, then you know, you have to take a call on one player. Then, uh, I mean, Kohli's already come in and shown a good touch. So he continues to be in the team. Who's next? Is Rohit Sharma next? If Rohit Sharma is next, you bring him in. Uh, you drop uh, Dravid or Lakshman. I mean, I, I'm. <laughs> it's going to be a very tough call, and I'm not <laughs> going to be the last person who would want to take that call. But you know, somebody has to take that call. You drop him, and then if you want, if you think Pujara also has to come in, you drop the other. And if you think somebody else has to come in, then I mean, you have to talk to Tendulkar. I mean, Tendulkar seems like you know the <laughs> the Almighty Lord Bhishma, <laughs> who nobody is willing to talk about. You know, like Bhishma just uh, he laid down in the bed of arrows, and he could go whenever he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like that. I mean, people, if a selector is bold enough, if a um, coach is bold enough, if a captain is bold enough, you have to have a chat to them and you have to say that this is, this is it. This is what our plan is and this is where you fit in or you don't. Okay. Where does it leave Sehwag? Um, in terms of, you know, Dhoni has said, uh, if you can find a better replacement than I, then, you know, make him the captain. Um, so there are two questions, uh, one from Ayush Red Devil and another one, again, from Atlas Dance. Similar to how VBS and Dravid and SRT may be holding, you know, Sharma, Pujara back, Sevag is blocking, you know, the development of, say, Rahane, Rahane and uh, Abhinav Mukund. Mm-hmm. So they're getting short change. So should Sevag, you know, he may have a very good uh, season playing at home. But once again, if we go out, of India, um, would he be exposed the same way, uh, like he was in Australia? Uh, should we be bringing the kids? And, you know, does he actually have a realistic chance of being a captain, better captain than Dhoni, rather? Well, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, in terms of captaincy, if I were, if in my opinion, I think Dhoni is still our best bet. Of course, he's had a very, uh, very poor run abroad and he's lost all these uh, these two series and he more than anything it just seems that he's um no he's lost his uh slight bit of spark which he used to bring in so well earlier and there used to be these changes which he used to put uh which he used to um execute which used to come off but more than anything you know he used to try and he used to uh, follow his gut instinct and try and be different. And somehow during the last two series, he just seems to have got into this phase where he's just doing the same thing over and over again. Yet, given everything, I think um, Dhoni is still my best bet uh, to be our captain, at least in the uh, medium term, uh, short and medium term. Now, of course, he is uh, not uh, seems to be giving some comments about uh, the 2015 World Cup and giving up one format and all that. He needs to be clear on that. And uh, the selectors and the board and all, they need to be on the same page with regards to that. But I think uh, for the next two years, I would, especially with regard to the transition, I think we still need Dhoni there because Dhoni, if you notice, um, when he when he started off his captaincy, he was given a very young team mm-hmm. to the went to the 2020 World Cup, 
and he they had a great time they won the world cup and a lot lot of things uh, changed after that so i think uh, when dhoni is given a team that you know of of young uh, cricketers who he who really he can handle throughout and if he's sort of uh, removed from the if if the seniors are not around i'm saying i'm not saying they are a detriment to the team but i'm just saying that i think dhoni will come into his own again as a captain if he's given a young team and if he can sort of if he has all the say in molding that team that's the feeling that came through even in 2008 when you know he actually had a part to play when uh, dravid and ganguly were not part of the one day one day squad mm-hmm. and in australia and they won the tri series and i think uh, it came across that dhoni is a little more comfortable when he's handling people who are his age or slightly younger or people with not that much experience he he seems to have this sort of um, um spark that comes into him in that situation now i'm not saying that the presence of the seniors is uh, <laughs> affecting his captaincy or anything but i'm just saying i think um i think i would still bet on him it, during this phase of transition and try and um, b- uh, get all these youngsters in and give them the confidence and uh, get them going because i think even in the chennai super kings if you see the way he leads them he, he plays a big role in how youngsters uh, in that team play i mean even players like uh, who are uh, like manpreet goni and a lot of other people you know they seem to play for dhoni i mean he's that sort of captain and as a youngster i think that's very important to have a captain who you play for ganguly was such a captain you know people like harbhajan yuvraj sevag all of them who came they wanted to play for ganguly and i think uh, dhoni has that similar characteristic players want to play and make him win and they want to win themselves but they also want to win for him and i think he's that kind of captain i don't i don't think sevag has that quality where you know people will uh, back him so well and, and want to perform for him um what what's your view on uh, what gambia said you know come to our house and then we'll show you, you yeah i mean i i think th- those sort of i think it also raises the question about how well trained are our players to speak to the media i mean they think this has been a, a case ever since uh, i mean for a long long time there a lot of other countries australia south africa england are very very keen to train their players to talk to the media because they want to make sure that what is said and when it is said how it is said all that is uh, they know that it's very important now in india the problem with the indian team is of course you can't blame uh, the players i mean many of them don't know english and then they travel abroad they have to speak to people i mean they're not gambi i'm talking about all the other cricketers mm-hmm. like maybe uh, ishant and vridhiman saha and things who ended up in press conferences and who seem to have not uh, had who seem to have caused a bit of uh, confusion among the foreign media at least so i think i think it all raises the question of uh, training the players to face the media and people like gambhir who's been around for a lo- for quite a while should understand that these statements only you know um, show the team in a poor light it shows as if you are only interested in winning at home i think even ishant and virat kohli made similar statements to david warner on the field mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty it's pretty strange because for the last 10 years india has done so much the indian team has done so much to try and prove uh, to try and shed the poor travelers tag and then you have these players who are suddenly trying to uh, go back on it i mean it just um <laughs> takes away a lot of the hard work that has gone in in the last 10 years and i think i mean of course there's no there's nothing to be ashamed uh, of about being a team that wins at home that mm-hmm. there is absolutely nothing i mean the great teams from the past all won at home west indies won at home 
Australia won at home. They, in fact, built their successes around winning at home. But uh, at the same time, you cannot act as if uh, winning at home is the only thing that is important. Mm -hmm. You have to win everywhere. Um, you know, winning abroad, which means you're going to need uh, your bowlers to be performing a lot better than what they have. You know, these uh, in, in, uh, players, uh, Indian bowlers especially, they have come in with a lot of promise and we have had a long list of, you know, very capable bowlers, highly skilled bowlers. But after they have hit the Indian scene, they don't seem to be improving. In question from actually media gag, you know, what is your theory on that? You know, what is the actual role of Eric Simons in the, uh, as the bowling coach? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's really important to have an individual plan for all these players. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they probably have one and I'm not aware of it. But it's, it just seems that once these players enter the Indian team, they're just let to, you know, swim on their own. And it just seems that, uh, of course, they're give, uh, they, they, I'm sure they have all these sessions where they discuss game plans and all that. But it's really important that each one of these players has uh, is given... A certain dossier and said say, and told to achieve a certain number of goals over a period of time and you know it, um, injury management comes into play the sort of bowling abroad comes into play just I think I read somewhere about one of the Indian bowlers I'm not sure who uh, who was uh, taken by surprise when he saw the slope at Lords and these sort of things are quite uh, amazing because everyone knows about the slope at Lords and it's the duty of the coach and uh, to actually train these players for the slope at Lords. If it means, you know, replicating a similar slope somewhere in India and playing on it, so be it. But you need to be able to have all these bases covered. And yes, Eric Simons, uh, as a coach, raises a lot of questions. I mean, we keep talking about Duncan Fletcher, but by Fletcher, I mean the whole coaching crew raise a lot of questions about what is Simon's doing there, what is his, I mean, somebody should make sure that he's not only aware of the four or five bowlers who are playing for India at the moment, but also the five or ten who are on the bench, and if anyone gets injured, to pull them up. I mean, R.P. Singh was in Miami when he was called up. I mean, what, <laughs> what sort of uh, injury management and bench strength is that? You know, that guy should be raring to go. In fact, he should have been in England playing for some league, playing in some league or for some county, mm -hmm. uh, so that uh, in case somebody got injured, he should have been straight drafted into the Indian team. I mean, this is a sort of planning that is not too hard to do if you actually put your mind to it. But it's um, it's sad, and and also the big uh, the other point is that uh, this whole BCCI's anti-English county stance that they've taken in the last two or three years, which mm -hmm. is, I think, which is having a huge sort of uh, uh, negative impact on some of our bowlers. We could have, Zahid Khan went to England and had that one season where he really reinvented himself. Yeah. And many other Indian bowlers and batsmen have gone there and really, really benefited. So I don't, um, I think it's a very, very uh, strange decision on their part and very detrimental decision to stop these players from going to play county. I mean, I cannot, I can see that this whole conflict with the scheduling comes in because the English county happens, season happens pretty much during the IPL and all that. Mm -hmm. But if, if they are keen to have Ishan Sharma take the next step as a bowler and to learn how to bowl day in and day out and take wickets, you know, they have to send him to an English county and they have to tell him to play a whole season. And he could he could really 
come into his own as a bowler after that. So that brings us to the million dollar question, which uh, Ability asks, you know, how do you tie the bell around the cat? Um, you know, how do you convince BCCI that, you know, listen, pay, take, a, take note, pay attention? Well, that's the thing. It's a, it's a, prior, it's a call of priorities. If you want Ishan Sharma to, be, uh, to really, really benefit um, in terms of uh, long-form bowling and to learn how to bowl 20, 25 overs a day and to bowl through the season, bowl in a number of games, and if you think that that is something that is going to make him a better test bowler, then you would send him there. And of course, Ishan Sharma would not play the IPL in that matter. And you have to co- uh, compensate him for that because you, ca- you have to say that, okay, you, this particular season, you don't play the IPL, you go there. But of course, it means that they're going to lose this much money. We will compensate you for that. Now, the BCCI has no problem, uh, is, is not short on money to compensate these players. It all depends on your, where your mind is. If you want uh, your uh, Cheteshwar Pujara to go and learn how to play the seeming ball, you would do the same thing. Why? Instead of Cheteshwar Pujara playing the IPL, you would send him to England, make him... I'm not saying every IPL. Of course, he can play an IPL. Of course, he can, uh, uh, he can do all that. But this season, where he's coming out of... You know, he's been injured and he's this thing. You send him to England for a, a whole season, make him play the seeming ball, tell him, you know, this is our plan for you and compensate him accordingly. Of course, he's going to miss out on certain amount uh, that he's going to miss out on the IPL, compensate him for that. Now, with that... The, I mean, all this will only happen if you want to do something, if you want to train these players to get to a certain level. If, you, if your mind is not in it, then it becomes very difficult. Um, so, how do we make that happen? I mean, is it something like one fine day, the BCCI wakes up and realizes, listen, Indian cricket is going down the drain, so I have to do it, or... You know, that is the million-dollar question. Like, how do you cause that change in the well, status? I mean, if, if two, whitewashes, two whitewashes cannot cause these small changes. See, I'm not even talking about big, revolutionary, 10-, 15-year uh, changes. Of course, uh, if, uh, if the whole country has great sporting pitches where, which teaches batsmen how to play swing, seam, spin, everything, it's great. Okay, but those are like really long-term plans. I'm talking about simple short-term, medium-term plans where you say... Okay, I pick out Cheteshwar Pujara, Rohit Sharma, Ajinkya Rahane, whatever, all these uh, five, six, seven players, batsmen, and I pick all these bowlers, and I think that they need to be given exposure in these various conditions. So, just one IPL or two, you know, it's not like I'm asking for the world. It's just like I'm saying one season or two seasons, just compromise on that and send them there. Now, what it t- what does it take? It takes a it takes a bold leader, right? I mean, an N. Srinivasan... Uh, or uh, any of, uh, you know, or N. Srinivasan's, of course, the buck stops with him. So I mm-hmm. guess he has, he has to be the one who has to take the decision. And he, if he takes the decision, it's not like the whole uh, uh, IPL is going to collapse. I mean, of course, uh, in fact, I, I, would, I would suggest that these uh, senior players play IPL for a long time. Because then <laughs> the brand value of the IPL will still remain intact. You know, if Tendulkar plays IPL for the next five years, mm-hmm. then nobody in the IPL will worry about, oh, there won't be sponsors and all. Because all these players will still draw sponsors. But a Cheteshwar Pujara or an Ajinkya Rane, instead of playing in the IPL and earning uh, so much m- uh, money and whatever, can instead go to England for one season, le- uh, become a better uh, player of swing and seam and then come back. I think it will benefit us more in the long run. Is, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that 
you know, let's ban the IPL and send all our players to England. That's not at all my contention. But you need to have a certain short-term, medium-term vision for the next two, three years and then plan accordingly. Similarly with A-tours, you know, I mean, you need to do the same thing. Pick out uh, uh, players who you think are going to play for India in the next two, three years and send them to South Africa and England. What is stopping you? I mean, you don't have to send them during the IPL. You can send them at any time. And I'm sure if you just uh, tell the... Uh, South African board that, you know, we are sending a team here, they will just, uh, it's not like they're going to say no. I mean, these are things you need to do. And doesn't take uh, an extraordinary mind to think of all this. It's pretty elementary, I would think. And it's possible. Okay. Um, Last question for you. Where do you actually see, realistically see, Indian cricket? What are the types of decisions you think will be taken uh, between the end of... uh, the Australia tour, you know, the ODA leg, to when we play another international series? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I wish I was optimistic about this, but I'm not because um, the number of... Um, the schedule is so packed that it becomes very difficult to actually get anyone to plan something. And I also think that public memory tends to be very short. It's been very short for a long time. So in case we end up doing well in this one-day series... And God forbid if we end up winning it, I, I mean, I, I, say God, I say God forbid simply because that I think that everything else will tend to be forgotten, which is a tragedy. I mean, which I think uh, uh, we are not the kind of um, mature um, a, a, a system where people realize that, oh, okay, we've done well in this one day series, but we are still a poor testing. We're not that way. We We tend to forget things pretty quickly. And I think it's going to be very hard because after this, then... Even though India doesn't play abroad for two years, it's still, you know, a lot of series happening continuously, jam-packed. So I think we can start off by making some pretty basic decisions. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the seniors and I don't know what they're going to do with that. But I, I would hope that by the end of this year at least, which I think is a really long time, mm-hmm. But by the end of this year, at least, that we can have a new team that it is uh, looking forward to uh, building over the next uh, over the year after that, so that you know, 2013 in South Africa or uh, whatever is not uh, as much of a disaster as these tours were. But I'm not um, I'm not someone who is extremely optimistic about all this. I would I would uh, hope for a few changes, but. I would think that um, it's going to be hard. (laughs) (laughs) On that uh, brilliantly optimistic note. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Sidvi. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Not a problem at all, Subhash. Uh, Pleasure to be here. Couch Talk 